if you as a listener share a book that you loved, it will remain forever in my mind palace. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Reads. Oh, sorry, I mean Medium Lady Talks, haha. I'm Erin, your host, and this is episode 39. Today we are going to talk about tips and tricks for when you just wish your book wouldn't end. And this is an extension of July. The month of July is uh, all about reading here on Medium Lady Talks. I was kind of inspired to write this after reviewing a number of the book-related episodes that I've been able to do in the last 39 episodes, and really felt like there were a couple of different things that I was noticing about myself when I had a medium lady must-read, so a book that I was really recommending to my audience, and a book that I kind of wish didn't end. And the ways that I have been spending reflecting on my reading life, I've learned a few different things about you know, myself and and when I get captivated by a book and I really don't want it to end. Honestly, I really like to read longer books. Longer books keep me reading. Longer books delay needing to answer that question of like, what will I read next? You know, the longer a book is, I, I have to, I, I get to avoid making that choice. And for the most part, I really enjoy most of the books that I read, even if they aren't books that I love and adore. I'm usually having a pretty good time even reading a book that, you know, I might consider um, not a book that I really don't like, but <laughs> but a book that I'm kind of like reading to engage in my hobby of reading, not necessarily reading because it's changing me or the story is so captivating or I'm just really loving everything that the that the book is offering to me. And longer books really do, they, they keep me kind of plugged into what I'm, what I'm doing when it comes to my reading hobby. The other thing about reading is the vastness of choice. So there are so many books out there that you could choose. And that vastness of choice is thrilling. It's beautiful. You know, there's a huge satisfaction that I feel even in my body when I walk into a bookstore or a library There's this beautiful sense of possibility and joy, even as I scroll Instagram and I look at all of the new books that are being released, or I pay attention to all the way my favorite bookstagrammers are talking about books that they love. But the act of deciding, deciding what to read, that requires movement beyond that feeling of possibility. It requires you being open to the timing, open to the readiness that surrounds your next choice. Choosing a book is kind of like choosing a future. You're aligning yourself so closely with your future self that you can almost, you know, touch her. Who will I be when I finish this book? That's a question that's only hours away. Most books take a handful of hours to read, you know, spread out over days. But really, when you totally sum up the time that you spend reading a book, will your future self thank you for making that choice? Or will your future self be annoyed that you, you know, picked picked an annoying book or a bad book? When I can't choose my next book, it sort of feels like I'm undecided about the future, but also unsatisfied about the present. I forget. I forget about my past self. I forget about all the marvelous thousands of books that have brought me wondrous joy in experiencing 
and I kind of languish over a decision of what to read next. The, the longer I take personally to choose my next book, the longer I spend not reading. And not reading is really misaligned with who I am as a person. I really must be reading to really be most grounded in who I am as a person. And that might be you, that might not be you, but you might be a person who hears me talk about books and really feels um, compelled or curious or you feel maybe a tiny voice inside yourself calling you to read more or to read differently or to read with more um, more joy and intention instead of reading because it seems like it's what all the cool kids are doing. I say cool kids because I don't think as a reader I've ever called myself a cool kid, but there is this little bit of... Um, FOMO, I guess, or fear of missing out when you're engaging with all of the book content that's out there. And this episode, really, I want us to kind of go back to the choices that we're making, the endless sea of options. You know, I'm really a maximalist when it comes to book reading options. There is no to be read list, no TBR list that's too long to me. There's no recommendation I won't greedily add to my library request queue. If you as a listener share a book that you loved, it will remain forever in my mind palace. I will remember that you recommended it to me. I will try to read it or I will remember if I haven't read it. The magnificent library of my mind palace, it really contains all the books that I might read someday and all of the future me's that I might choose to have. I love to picture myself as like a Scrooge McDuck jumping and swimming through the waves of books that are recommended to me. Swimming among books, though, is avoiding a choice. So you could swim among all the books that you want. You could hoard more and more books. You could make more and more recommendations. You might add so many to the vault of books I might read next. That's a distraction from the opportunity to just select your future, jump into the next book. I never really worry about making the wrong book choice, but I do sometimes indulge in this sort of languid sense of collection, you know, like... I might never make a choice. I might only ever collect all of these great options and I might never take any of them. Um, but avoiding a decision of what to read next is really risky territory because the longer I delay the answer, uh, the longer I might spend time doing things that aren't reading. And the more time I spend looking for books that I might read someday, the less time I spend reading the book that I choose for today. And when I'm reading, I'm just grounded in myself. I, I am a reader. And what I read next doesn't really matter. It's the reading that's the most important. And that's just a little something to remember, because what we're going to be talking about next is when your book ends. So just a little something to remember when, you're, when your current book ends is to be ready to make the next choice and to keep on reading, to always keep on reading. That's really the number one message of this July of reading. Medium Lady Reads on the podcast. So here's my tips for when you wish your book wouldn't end. Um, and these are tips that are like, don't just reread your book. That's, <laughs> that's not a tip here. And I'll be honest with you, just to take a bit of a sidebar, is I'm not much of a rereader. There are very, very few books that I have reread. Um, them being on a very small handful, the Harry Potter series I have read and reread and then listened to on audiobook. Uh, Anne of Green Gables, I've reread many times. Little Women, I've reread re many times. And then my ultimate number one favorite book of all time, Cutting for Stone by Abraham Varghese. I have read that book multiple times as well. But those are, that's, I think, pretty much it when it comes to books I've reread. And so 
I'm not going to recommend that you reread your book when you wish it wouldn't end. That's not going to be something that I would recommend because it's not a practice that I take up. But if you are someone who loves to reread your books, I hope you'll connect with me over on Instagram. I love to keep the conversation going over there. You can find me at medium.lady. And yeah, please go ahead and find the pink tile in my feed that's associated with today's episode, episode 39. All the tips and tricks for when you wish your book wouldn't end. And and yeah, tell me, are you a rereader? Maybe that's just the most straightforward way of enjoying your books. Enjoying a book again is to just turn back to page number one and, and reread it. I'm hoping that it's relatable that you have finished a book and felt this empty space that it's left behind in your life. You've had the experience that either the writing or the characters or the plot line, it just contributed so much to your sense of happiness or well-being or satisfaction that when you come to that final chapter, you sort of come to this like existential question of like, how am I supposed to go on without this book going on? I really, I don't know any book lover who hasn't experienced this feeling, you know, a general sense of wanting more after a book ends. And book endings are a pretty finite experience because the book is in fact over. And no, there aren't any extra chapters that you might have missed. I do have a few activities that I personally will indulge in and some additional suggestions that I will make to you to prolong your experience uh, of a wonderful book. So my first tip is to go deep on Goodreads. Go real deep on Goodreads. Chances are, if you loved a book, other people did too. And chances are even higher, they're having the same feelings that you're having about the book ending. Book lovers consistently turn to social media to unite in book worship. Goodreads is my personal favorite to indulge in. All the opinions of the friends that I have who love the book as much as I did, and the people I don't know who love the book as much as I did. Now, Goodreads isn't perfect, but it is very helpful at prolonging a book's experience. You can filter reviews out to only look at five-star raves, and then you can examine the other points of view from people that loved your book. I find generally that people who frequent Goodreads very often write very thoughtful reviews on what they liked, and oftentimes even people who rate a book with five stars will point out some things that they didn't like. I hate to admit it, but I do learn more about a book that I loved by reading a critique of it. And if you're familiar with my book episodes, you'll know that I've done this quite regularly on Medium Lady, which is I love a dissenting opinion. And so when I find a book that I love, I actually don't mind going to the one-star reviews and reading those one-star reviews, provided that they're thoughtful and provided that the, the author of the review has really put some thought into critiquing the book. Not just, this book was dumb, I didn't read it. (laughs) You know, those reviews. Pass on those reviews. But any review that's over 200 words is worth reading. And whether you're reading the five-star reviews or the one-star reviews of a book that you loved, you will find new and wonderful ideas that you maybe hadn't noticed or appreciated while reading the book. And it will make you feel as though you can go back through the book again without rereading it. But by going back through the book and seeing it through new eyes, you can unlock even more treasures. You may find scenes or parts of the book that you maybe didn't quite quite hit you the way that they hit other readers and you'll get to re-experience them. Goodreads is also a really good place to find more resources about your book. In the reviews, you'll often find links to podcasts, podcasts like this one. You might find links to YouTube channels. There's a lot of book review channels out there. 
Of course, there's always Bookstagram, and you can also find links to fan fiction. If you go really deep and follow your curiosity with these links, it will allow you to prolong the experience of your book and build connections that deepen your adoration of a particular story. Another tip that I have to extend the love of your book when your book is in fact over, beyond the final chapter, is to seek out author interviews. There are a lot of amazing authors out there, and understanding the author can give you added behind-the-scenes or behind-the-book knowledge that can be really exciting and thought-provoking. I had a personal experience with this when I got to interview Jane Allen for the podcast. Jane is the author of Black Girls Must Die Exhausted, which is one of my favorite books of last year. And interviewing Jane really gave me a distinct and new way to appreciate a really wonderful book. Authors are people distinct from their books. That is something that really stood out to me after interviewing Jane. And if you want to hear that interview, I believe it's episode 24. You can go back and find that interview with Jane Allen. And I would highly recommend that you read Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. As I said before, authors are people. They're distinct from their books, but their experience while creating and writing and generally just living their lives will always inform the world that they build into their books. Author interviews can include podcasts, you know, head to your favorite app, punch in the author's name, you'll find a bunch of author interviews or reviews of the book, you'll probably find a really well curated discussion with the author. And a really good interview will bring in more of what the author has written, it will help you understand perhaps where the characters were inspired from, it will give you a sense of the parts of the book that were particularly challenging or fun or important for the author to write. That was something that I learned while interviewing Jane Allen about the character of Granny Tab. Similar to Goodreads, you might learn about scenes or dialogue that carry additional significance, which will make the joy of those pages all the more layered and nuanced. Authors also tend to reveal a process that helped them write the book. And personally, I just really love learning about process. You read the book, the book is the final creation, the book is the final product, but the writing of the book the process that informed the writing of the book might give you additional appreciation for the craft and care that went into the story that you're loving so much. Another tip is to give the book life beyond the pages. And I'm going to really kind of wax poetic on this final tip. This is kind of an abstract and creative suggestion, but hang with me for a moment. Personally, when I'm reading some books, I actually long for a soundtrack. And I think that the reason that I do this is actually in the same way that a lot of people are really into casting their books. I know Kendra Adachi from The Lazy Genius is a big fan of casting some of the books that she's reading. And by casting, what I mean is selecting popular or well-known actors and actresses and artists to play the characters that you're reading about, to give you a visualization of the scenes unfolding, to put really distinct features and faces and voices to the characters that you're imagining. For me, sometimes what I really long for is the musical ambiance behind the story. I love music almost as much as I love books, and some books just call for the vibe that only music can provide. Very special books will really motivate me to create what I call a reading soundtrack. And this is my own carefully created soundtrack that might use vocals, instrumentals, or other movie soundtracks to create like a fourth dimension while reading. Sometimes I actually do this while reading a book, but often I'll do it after I finish the book. 
I think back on the key scenes and I try to find the music that aligns with that experience and what it felt like for me. I think about the introduction of the book. I think about when you meet new characters. I think about the villain or the antagonist. I think about the times when the book was quiet. I think about the times when the book was intense. And I try to find the music that aligns with with those with those moments of the story. And then I get to enjoy that soundtrack over and over again, often while going about other tasks and routines. I kind of know that a book has really stuck with me when I feel really motivated to make a reading soundtrack. I've done that twice this year so far, and that was for the book The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. And earlier this year, I did it for The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow, which is a book I read in the new year. An amazing, amazing book. If you're interested in listening to those reading soundtracks, or if you're interested in reading those books with the soundtrack to go along with it, you can find me on Spotify. I'm Medium Lady over there, and I will try to link to those playlists in the show notes today. A book that I recently finished and I've been thinking about making a playlist for, but I haven't actually done it, which maybe speaks to just how much the book is sticking with me or how much it's not sticking with me, is the story Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. This is a pretty great book, and it has a lot of character and essence to it that would really be brought to brought more into light from the addition of, of music. But I finished that book almost a month ago now, and though I still think about creating a reading playlist for me, I wonder if maybe the time has passed and I didn't quite, the book quite didn't quite get its hooks into me the way that I thought it would. When it comes to giving a book life beyond the pages and indulging in your creative self, it, it might look different for you from reading playlists. It may be about recreating a food that stood out in a book. It may be casting the characters in your mind, as I mentioned before. It may be painting or photographing a particular setting or recreating the book's aesthetic. It may be creating a makeup look inspired by the setting or characters. It may be putting together an outfit that reminds you of someone in the book or reminds you of the book's cover. All of these are bringing your book to life beyond the words. And while it might seem kind of cute or frivolous, I promise you that this, you know, kind of experience can really deepen the meaning of your favorite book for you and allow it to nestle deeper into its curated space of your book-loving heart and your the library of your mind palace. One really cool way I've actually seen this done is on Instagram. There's an account, I think she's called the Pie Book Lady or the Pie Lady Booker Pie. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes, but it's this account. And what she does is she recreates, through inspiration, the covers of beautiful books with pie crust. And she makes pies where the top of the pie is designed to embody or reference the book. And it's like amazing. And it's this whole viral account and that's all that she does but she's you know expressing herself and expressing her love of books and books that she's reading through pie crust so you know that there is no limit to how much you might flex your own creative muscle for your love of books one final thing is to write your own fan fiction now this is something i've never indulged in but i have to go back again to the house in the cerulean sea because i did really think briefly about writing a bit a bit of fiction regarding some of the side characters and 
I never did because I don't really write a lot of fiction. I do write quite a bit. I do write, you know, personal essays very often. And if you're interested in any of my writing, you can find it over on Instagram. But I did dabble with the idea of, a, for a very short time, of writing some fan fiction for The House in the Cerulean Sea. And again, that was really just, you know, for me to read, not to publish or not to do anything in particular with. And also to kind of enjoy the experience of writing fiction, which I've never done before. But feeling so inspired by the way that the story unfolded that I felt like I could imagine additional stories being told. And I could imagine how I might want to tell those stories. Now, I wouldn't call myself particularly called to write my own fiction. I don't have any ideas of my own characters. I don't have, you know, the creative imaginative mind of putting a plot in motion and seeing it through to the end. But again, there was something about the house in the Cerulean Sea. And <laughs> I, I don't want to say this entire episode was crafted around that particular book, but it is the most recent book that has really got its hooks in my heart. And so that's why I'm bringing it up that often. Consider writing as an homage or as a payment of the deepest respect to this book that you loved. And go ahead and write. Write fan fiction. Take the characters that really inspired you down into another journey. Spend more time with them through your own creation and see what comes of it. See, see how satisfying or funny or fun or how much happiness that kind of experience can derive for you. And again, I'm really suggesting writing fan fiction for the experience of extending your love of a book, not for the experience of producing something that requires evaluation, judgment, or assessment of being good or not good or, you know, bad or painfully terrible. Do it for you. Do it for yourself. I've never written fan fiction, but I'm, I just might. And I feel like maybe this is the year to experiment with that because I have read a, a number of really wonderful books and there's something so sad about when a book that I love ends because I'm not a rereader. And I, um, I do have to say that I think that, <laughs> again, the house in the Cerulean Sea, I can imagine one particular character that I would love to read more about. There is one final way to extend your enjoyment of the books that you love. And I sort of said that I don't really do this, but I am going to actually make one exception. So I don't usually reread books, but I have been thinking about rereading some of my favorite books by audiobook. Most fiction that I consume is uh, by printed page, by, by reading. And most nonfiction, I've said before on the podcast, I really prefer to read nonfiction by audiobook. But I do think that I might extend my enjoyment of a book that I've really loved by listening to it. In particular, if the audiobook is by a particularly talented audiobook narrator or artist. And again, not to continue to go back to the house in the Cerulean Sea, but I I wouldn't normally reread a book, but I might actually re-listen to a book. And to listen to a book like the house in the Cerulean Sea with the magic and fantasy and the characters that are in that book, I do think that I might actually get quite a lot out of listening to it by audiobook. And again, the same way that the reading soundtrack brought that sort of audio quality to me, I do find that I'm quite curious to see how an audiobook narrator would bring to life all of the unique voices and characters that are in that story. So there you have it. Those are my tips for reading beyond the final chapter, for loving your books when the book is over. 
I would love to know what you thought of this episode. If you want to connect with me over on Instagram, I can be found at medium.lady over there. Did you like this episode? I hope you did. If you did, please give it a reading and review wherever you happen to be listening. And if you loved this episode, please go ahead and share it with another book lover, medium lady in your life so that we can just pass on the love and continue to grow our community one person at a time, connecting with like-minded listeners and uh, people who are also, you know, loving their reading life and allowing it to inspire them well beyond the page. That's all for now. I'm Erin. This has been Medium Lady Talks episode 39, and I will see you again soon. Bye.